when you was a little guy and, and uh, little girls are always wanting to be friends. Ooh, they got cooties. Remember that? You grew out of that, didn't you? <laughs> you grew out of that, man. This week, you're going to have the opportunity. See, the world has narrowed love down to at least a day. <laughs> Isn't that good? I'm going to be giving you a lot of scripture. I'll be reading from Romans chapter 13. For those of you who run the, uh, it'll, it'll be a while before I get there. Be quoting some scripture and give you some scripture and whatever. But I want to, I'm going to give you some things to remember on Valentine's Day. In fact, it shouldn't be just remembered on a day. But it probably needs to be remembered every day. That'd be a good day. Uh, be a good day to practice love. You know, you got 24. You got 24 hours. Uh, you don't have tomorrow. Uh, you know, most of the time, it's, at, it's while we're standing at a graveside, we think about all the kind things that we could say to someone if we had the next, another opportunity. But uh, you have this moment, and you have right now, and if there's someone that you need to express your appreciation to, you might ought to do it now. Because you don't know what's going to take place tomorrow. You have this 24 that you're in. And uh, it may not come. So we're going to talk about love and some things to remember about Valentine's Day. Now, uh, if you have a computer, and uh, it is amazing the information that's available on the computer. And I, you went to Am Amazon, ever looked at Amazon.com? It's where you buy books and stuff. It is, if you want to, now this is where I got the information. Uh, if you log on to Amazon.com, you'll find out there's over 2,600 books on the subject of heaven. Now, that's pretty good if you want to find out about heaven. There's over 10,000 books on the subject of money. And if you're interested in making money, there are 10,000 books, a lot of books. There's over 16,000 books on the subject of sex. Yeah, you can just plug in there. Over 18,000 books on the subject of God. And over 30,000 books on the subject of love. Over 30,000 books on the subject of love. And you would think, you would think with that much information available, and with that many books in print, besides hopefully the one you have in your lap, well, most people have a couple of these laying around home, you would think with all that information about love, and uh, we would be pretty good at it. But in fact, it's probably our biggest failure in understanding what love is all about. Now, Valentine's Day is certainly a day we can use to show a little love, spread a little love around. Now, I think they made a song. Don't tell them how many songs that was, that was written about love. Um, it's now or never. No, I'm not something. No. The world's, the world's definition of love is pretty strange. Hmm. I asked Linda what she wanted for Valentine's Day. And she told me nothing. Now I'll find out on Friday if she's telling me the truth. <laughs> How many knows that when you ask your wife a question like that, you can't believe everything she says? Have you found that out? You, if you didn't, you found it out right here. Those of you that are newlyweds, if you ask your wife what she wants for Valentine's Day, she says nothing, do not believe her. She'll be expecting something. And if you should miss it, just miss one anniversary. Young couple, just remember, one, just miss one anniversary. And she'll get historical on you from then on. 
Not hysterical, historical. Every time you have an argument, she'll bring that up. Just something about, you know, so there are some things that you cannot <laughs> believe them. Love in our world is like this letter, okay? <laughs> I, thought, I thought this was great. Now, to some, love comes, you know, at, you know sometimes. It kind of comes in and goes out. You know, it all depends on how they're feeling. Dearest Jimmy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I felt since breaking off our engagement. Please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. So please forgive me. I love you, I love you, I love you. Yours forever, Marie. P.S. and congratulations on winning the state lottery. <laughs> that was... <laughs> that, I don't know who Jimmy is, but Jimmy needs to be a little bit suspicious of that letter. <laughs> Love is not as dependable as it was once. Have you, have you found that? Love is not as dependable as it used to be. Britney Spears married her childhood friend, Jason Alexander, not too long ago. It was a great deal, and probably some of you heard that. Do you know how, do you know how long that love lasted? Come on. 72 hours. How, do I hear 72? How many knows that that's a little long, isn't it? Actually, the marriage lasted less than, how many knows how many, how many hours exactly the marriage lasted? 55 hours. Do I hear 56? 55 hours. The marriage lasted a whole 55 hours. Now, some people rumored that Britney Spears paid him $500,000. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but I figured that up. I can handle 10,000 an hour. 10,000 an hour is what the guy made. But love is not as dependable as it used to be. Every day in America, every 26 seconds, someone gets divorced. We won't go there. Now, if, you, if you've been divorced, get over it. Ask God to forgive you. Get back in the race. Pick yourself up and go on. Is that, am I telling you the truth? Get over it. Get over it. Ask God to forgive you, brush yourself off, get back up, get back in the race, and get on with life, okay? Because God has a future for you, and he doesn't determine your future by your past. Can I get an amen? So you get up, you brush yourself off. But, I, so we're, but we, we need to talk about love because the world's method and idea of love is far more different than what this book says it is. And love is not easy to do. It's a very difficult thing. One little girl named Nan wrote in letters, children's letters to God. Listen to this. Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family and I have trouble loving them. Love is very difficult. You know, I mean, it, it's kind of tough if there's more than one person in your family. It, it's kind of, you know, you have to stretch yourself. So this little girl, so you know, was going tough. Now I, I really, Richard Junior here, and I, I know they don't mind me saying this. Richard's a real romantic. You didn't know that, did you? Richard, hold your hand up. Come on, Rich. Come on, come on. Yeah, uh, Richard's a real romantic. He's just a romantic type guy. He, he is the man. I mean, you know, Ginger gets about everything she ever wants. I mean, that's true. She woke up the other day and had a dream about him buying her a pearl necklace. And she woke up and she said, Richard, what does this mean? He said, I don't know, but you'll know tonight. by tonight, you'll know. And so that, 
just the other day, he brought her in a brown package. Man, she tore that thing open. And there was a book in there about understanding dreams. <laughs> Boy, he's a romantic guy. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and his black eye is just now barely going away too. Love is, love is something that's difficult. And, and, but Valentine's dreams, do they still last? Now, I want, you to, I want you to get onto this thing. You're taking notes. I want you to understand this. God gave us the gift of life. He, he invested in us, and he gave us the gift of life. And the best use of life is for you and I to express love. I want you to understand that. He gave you the gift of life. He, ha, he, has, he has invested in you and given you something that is very rare and very precious, and that's life. And then he intended us, the best use of that life is to love someone and to share your life. Without love, life is a one-way street. It's going nowhere. You're on a road all alone, all by yourself, and I'm telling you, it is a dead-end road. Life becomes meaningless and empty without love. Without someone or something to share your life with, I'm telling you, your life is meaningless and empty. Without love, people hurt, they withdraw, they run away, and they become self-destructive, and that's what causes young people to go buy guns and go to school and kill their classmates. Why? Because they felt rejected and alone and unloved. They, were, they didn't feel loved at home and they didn't feel loved in school. So their life was meaningless and empty. Without love, sex loses its beauty and we become things to be used, abused, and discarded. The reason the world has perverted sex is because they're trying to find the meaning of love and, they, and they're having sex without love. And I'm telling you, sex without love is meaningless and unfulfilled. Because sex was designed to be found in the framework of a marriage relationship, a loving marriage relationship. Without that, you'll never understand what it is to, to understand what the beauty of sex is all about. Without love, the marriage struggles and the family disintegrates. The best thing, and I always tell men, the greatest thing that you can do for your children is to love their mother. Amen. Love their mother. And I, I realize, and I'm not kidding when I say love is difficult. I'm not, I'm not kidding. When, now, you don't, you know, I'm not lovely all the time, and I'm kind of hard to love, but I won't tell you the other thing. The, other, the flip side is true also. The other person's not always easy to love. But that's where love really expresses itself, by staying with it. Now, I understand I'm not here, I'm not here because I understand that in, in any kind of a building, 60% of marriage, all, 60 of all marriages end in divorce. So across this building, I could have people stand up that has experienced divorce, and probably half of this crowd would stand up. So you understand what I'm talking about today about love and how, how we need to learn to express love. And life without love is, is, is a very difficult, difficult thing. There is nothing better you can do with your life than to use it to love God and to love other people. The two great commandments. What are they? Love God with all your heart, with all your soul. Now, that's the first one. And then the next response that Jesus says is that then you love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, these are the two greatest. All of life, the whole law hinges on these two things. And they all hinge on this little thing called love. A four-letter word, but oh, it's so difficult. And we find it so hard to express it. But listen, life is not measured by how much you own or how much money you have. Life is not measured by that. It is, it, what, that is not what adds value to our life. 
It is not position to power that is going to give you fulfillment in this life. If fulfillment in this life is not going to be found in having your names in light. Some, some people chase and try to chase pop, popularity and they invest their time and their talent and their energy and waste themselves trying to find fulfillment in something that they will never find. And the, the reason is because they have never learned, first of all, to love God and then to release the love that God has placed in their heart to other people. Even if you did get your name in lights, if you did not understand how to put yourself back and put other people first and learn how to love people, you'll not find success. You'll overdose on legalized drugs too. Why? Because the value of our life is not built on something that we have. The value of our life is built on how that we can identify and love each other in this life. We have not been put here just to have fun and spend our days in pleasure and mirth. The wisest man, and by the way, the richest man that ever lived, said, I will test. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 1. He said, I'm going to put you to the test. I'm going I'm to drown myself in pleasure and mirth. I'm going to find out what it's all about. And I'm telling you, after he did all of that, spent millions of dollars more money than you will ever have in play, chasing pleasure and mirth and partying and all that stuff, he, he said, he wrote it down, it is empty because fulfillment in life is not going to be found in that. It's going to be found in the love of God being shed abroad in your heart. It's going to be found in you loving God supremely and then releasing that love to other people and investing your life in someone else. God created you and I to love him and to allow him to love others through us. And that is not always easy. Love is nowhere defined in Scripture. If you're looking for a definition of love, you won't find it in this book. But if you want to find out how love acts or responds, you can find it in this book because there's not a quote definition. So love is not something you say. Love is not something that you feel. Love is something that you do. To prove his love for his wife, the man swam the deepest rivers. He crossed the widest deserts and he climbed the highest mountain and she divorced him. He was never home. home to an empty house. <laughs> the instructions, listen, this, this instruction manual that's in your lap, give us how love acts. Now, listen, and it's not that we don't understand them. It's not that we don't understand how love is supposed to respond. It's not that I don't understand it. It's something that's deep and dark. It's not that. They are simply things you and I have a hard time doing. Love is, a, love is tough. It means that you have to die a little bit. You have to die to yourself. Because love is not always an easy thing to do. An exhaustive study was done. And it's a proven fact that there was no woman that ever shot her husband while he was doing dishes. So if you want a good marriage, maybe you ought to spend more time doing dishes. Might keep you from getting shot. Let me give you some scriptures. Romans chapter 13, verse 8. 
owe no one anything except to love one another. Now get this, owe no one anything. Don't get into debt. But there is also in this scripture that says there is a debt that no matter how much you pay on it, you can never pay off. Owe no man anything but to what? Love him. It's a debt that you pay on every day of your life. Every morning when you get up and throughout this day, you owe a debt to those people you come in contact with. Regardless of whether, no matter what they look like, no, no matter what they smell like, no matter who they are, you have a debt. Now that doesn't mean that you have to agree with them. It doesn't mean that you have to justify what they're doing. But there, it says that you are to love one another. So it's a debt that you are paying on today that you will never get paid off. And then when you get up tomorrow, you're going to owe the same debt to the people you come in contact with, and that is to love them. So you might, you might pay off your house, you'll pay off your car, you'll spend time and in, in investments and get all that stuff paid for, but you will never pay off the debt that you owe, and that's loving other people. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 lets us know how to do it and gives us instructions on how love is going to respond. Let love be. Now, notice, the word let implies that you and I have a choice. Let love be. That little three-letter word, let, means that you and I have a choice of whether to love and pay the debt of love or not. See, love is, a, love is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. There's a, if you went by your feelings, there would be no marriage in this place secure. And in fact, there'd be some weeks you wouldn't be married. Why? Because there's some weeks that you just don't feel like you love that other person. Sometimes there might be a month that you don't feel it. But see, love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. And the scripture says, let love be. Now, I know that doesn't happen to Gary and Rhonda. Those of you that know them, know the real story. If it wasn't for God, they would kill each other. And that's the truth. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a miracle they've been together as long as they have. Amen. Let, let, let the men say amen. Hey, let love be without hypocrisy. Let it be genuine. Now, I realize that, there's, that that's difficult because some people are so, act so unlovable. But you have to practice this stuff. You have to work at this thing. Because there's some people you just rather not be around. Can I raise, I'll raise my hand to that. There are just some people that just not your cup of tea. But when you're with them and when you're around them, there's ways that you can act toward them to release love toward them. Doesn't mean you agree with what they're doing. Doesn't mean that, you, you know, it doesn't mean that there are some limits to love. I don't have to, I don't have to agree with what they're doing. I don't have to agree with their philosophy or anything, but my, my debt is I have to love them. And the first real mark of love, and there's something you need to understand and remember on this Thanksgiving, be kindly, verse 10 of Romans chapter 12, be kindly affectionate. This Valentine's Day, every day, practice, listen, practice being nice. That's sticking right here with some of you, isn't it? Practice being kind. What would this world be like if everybody was just kind to each other? Some of you guys are grimacing. 
some of you girls are saying, oh, no. Be kind. <laughs> One man said to the other, what would you do if you came home to a house that's filled with warmth and love? And he said, I'd go out and check the address if I was in the right house. <laughs> what would happen if everybody was just kind to each other? And I realize that, that you have your domestic discussions, and I realize that there, there, there's disagreements and all that other stuff, but in the process of that, just simply being kind to each other. Now, how long do I have to do that? First Corinthians chapter 13, uh, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of angels and of men and have not love, I am of sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. And then in verse 4, it goes on and begins to describe love. And the very first word that it uses to describe love, it says this, love is patient. How long I've got to be kind? <laughs> love is patient. And then the very next descriptive word is love is what? Kind. How long I've got to be kind? Practice being kind. Patience. Patience. Just practice being kind. How long? Long suffering in your kindness. Practice. You'll get good at it. You'll get better at it than you are. But it takes practice. You have to practice being kind. And so this Valentine's Day, what would it be like if, if everybody would just simply kind? Now, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 1 says this. Let brotherly love continue. There's that word again, let, which implies that there's a choice. I have a choice. What is he wanting us to do? Let brotherly love what? Continue. Let it be patient. Continue in love. What, what if the people that I'm with are not lovable? I'm telling you, it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you. They're probably acting unlovable, but that doesn't relate, release you from the debt that you owe that person, and that's simply being kind to them. You don't have to hang around very long, but while you're there, be kind. <laughs> Surely you can take it a few minutes. I know it's tough, stuff on the flesh. Let love continue. We have love in us. We have to practice releasing it. And in order to release it means we have to die to ourself and practice this stuff. Allow it to continue. Let me tell you a love story. I wrote this down because it was so touching. And, and Stephanie, I want you to come. I took the excerpt from, a, from some notes. It's about a man by the name of John Blanchard, and, and it's his true story. It's about how he met the person that he loved. John Blanchard stood up from the bench, straightened his uniform, and studied the crowd of people making their way through Grand Central Station. He looked for the girl whose heart he knew, but whose face he didn't, the girl with the rose. His interest in her had begun 13 months before in a Florida library. Taking a book off the shelf, he found himself intrigued, not with the words of the book, but with the notes penciled in the margin. The soft handwriting reflected a thoughtful soul and insightful mind. In the front of the book, he discovered the previous owner's name, Miss Hollis Mayno. With time and effort, he located her address. She lived in New York City. He wrote her a letter introducing himself and invited her to correspond. The next day, he was shipped overseas for service in World War II. During the next year and one month, the two grew to know each other through the mail. Each letter was a seed falling on a 
fertile heart. John and Hollis were learning something about the way of love. A romance was budding. John Blanchard requested a photograph, but Hollis refused. She felt that if he really cared, it wouldn't matter what she looked like. When the day finally came for him to return from Europe, they scheduled their first meeting, 7 p.m., Grand Central Station in New York. You'll recognize me, she wrote, by the red rose I'll be wearing on my lapel. So at 7, he was in the station looking for a girl whose heart he loved, but whose face he had never seen. He noticed a young woman coming toward him, her figure long and slim. Her blonde hair lay back in curls from her delicate ears. Her eyes were blue as flowers, and her lips and chin had a gentle firmness. And in her pale green suit, she was like springtime come alive. I started toward her, entirely forgetting to notice she was, she was not wearing a rose. As I moved, a small provocative smile curled her lips. Going my way, sailor, she murmured. Almost uncontrollably, I made one step closer to her. Then I saw Hollis Mayno. She was standing almost directly behind the girl. A woman well past 40. She had graying hair tucked under a worn hat. She was more than plump. Her thick ankles, feet was thrust into low heeled shoes. The attractive young girl in the green suit was walking quickly away and I felt as though I was split in two. So keen was my desire to follow her, and yet so deep was my longing for the woman whose spirit had truly companioned me and unhelped my own. And there she stood. Her pale, plump face was gentle and sensible. Her gray eyes had a warm and kindly twinkle. I did not hesitate. My fingers gripped the small, warm, blue leather copy of the book that was to identify me to her. This would not be love, but it would be something precious, something perhaps even better than love, a friendship for which I had been and must ever be grateful. I squared my shoulders and saluted and held out the book to the woman. Even though while I spoke, I felt choked by the bitterness of my disappointment. I'm Lieutenant John Blanchard, and you must be Miss Maynell, I am so glad you could meet me. May I take you to dinner? The woman's face broadened into a tolerant smile. I don't know what this is about, son, she answered. But the young lady in the green suit who just went by, she begged me to wear this rose on my coat. And she said, if you were to ask me out to dinner, I would tell you that she is waiting for you in the big restaurant across the street. She said it was some kind of a test. What a story. Love. Simply being kind. If you was to grade yourself today and give yourself a grade, on how you are sharing love with those around you. What kind of a grade would you give yourself? Love is kind.
Wouldn't this be a better world if we was all just a little bit kinder? Doesn't mean it would solve all of our differences. Doesn't mean we would all think the same way. And certainly it would not mean that we would all look the same way. But it would sure make for a better world, wouldn't it? And I'm certain that it would make for a, a better home in which you live. If you and the people you lived with were just simply kind to each other. Let's bow for prayer this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray this congregation. This Valentine's Day Sunday, this week we're going to be experiencing and we're going to be living through another Valentine's Day. But God, somehow, I think you envisioned that every day for a Christian should be Valentine's Day. A day in which simply we were kind to each other. Because love is kind. If there's those here under the sound of my voice that maybe they've added up the score of their report card and maybe there's some things that they need to do with this thing called love not just next Thursday, but maybe today. Maybe there's somebody they, they need to apologize to today. Maybe there's somebody today that they need to express their appreciation to. Maybe today there's someone that they just need to be a little kinder to. Could be a husband, could be a wife. Could be children. Today, right now, would be a good time maybe make some adjustments in the way we do business as believers. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. How are they going to know? By the love that you express to each other. I pray for this congregation, God. You would touch our lives and draw us closer to you than we've ever been before. May our marriages be more secure. May we be more loving to each and every one. Everyone stand with me this morning.